Hello, this is David, and you're listening to In the Background. Hello to anyone listening. I'm just going to read today some Bible verses, something that just stuck out to me today and I was thinking about today, so I will share it with you. It is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles, meaning us, in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by that by that is called the circumcision, which was made by the in the flesh by hands, blah, blah, blah. Verse 12. This is kind of where I, from here on down. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and with, without God in the world. I just want to read that one more time again. I listened to something Francis Chan spoke about recently. As I listen, I'm careful who I listen to. I believe you could listen to other men sharing the gospel, obviously. There are people who listen to me, but um, it's important to be a part of a local church as well. But um, there are many, many solid men out there who love the Lord and have good sound doctrine, and you have to discern what that is. Um, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated. To be alienated, there was a time in my life where I felt very alone and and you know I was in a dark place and I was basically very alone. And it was, you know, during that time I wasn't saved and just, you can't even really comprehend sometimes where I was. Like some people were so lost in the world, I was lost fairly deep into the world in my own thinking, in my own head. But um, just remembering, you know, that's what Paul is sharing at the moment. Remember that time when you were separated from Christ and it's, it was not a good time, it was a dark time, but... Uh, for all of us, having no hope and without God in the world. No hope, no God. I don't even know how I did it. But now in Christ Jesus, you were once were far off and have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We're at verse 14 now. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh while dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, verse 16, and might reconcile us with God in one body through the cross thereby killing the hostility, the law, and he became 
He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to one spirit, to the Father. It's a good, before I read the rest, it's a good reminder that when Christ came, we all, like whether you believe in prophecy or not, or different anointings in the church, everybody, when church operates and there's different gifts being active in church and in Christian groups, it's all one spirit through Jesus Christ to connect us to God. That's always a good reminder because there's not one who is better than another. So, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. I want to like, spend briefly my little time that I kind of came across this today was there's a lot to be said about things that are happening in the church, different churches today. Now, if you listen to any of other my podcasts, I do believe in gifts of the Spirit and anointings and that there are People who are more prophetic, people who are apostolic, people who evangelize, people who teach, and people who pastor. Those are anointings, giftings. Now, I'm a part of a church that does do this, but it's not the new apostolic reformation type of thing where you got those guys running around claiming to be this and claiming to be that. True anointings in the church, you feel them as a saint, as a fellow brother in the church. There are people in the church who I feel are very pastoral when I speak to them, and there are people who are very prophetic when I speak to them. And it's nothing weird, um, but I wanted to talk about that for a moment, because there are people who believe that... um, These people who are running around saying things believe that they're the foundation. You know, when you look at verse right here, verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Um, When you look at the different giftings in Ephesians chapter 4, I don't believe all those giftings have ceased because there's still a need for evangelism. There is still a need for pastoral care, you know, there's pastors, and there's elders, and there's deacons, um, but all these other giftings I see are maybe your pastor is more of, has an apostolic church planting, build good foundations there type of pastor. Um, But I think there's some confusion sometimes of, oh, well, let's say, like, I build the foundation or this or that. And it's like, no, apostles do lay a foundation. Everything lays. It's like 
bricks. I mean, if you're if you didn't grow up a mason or something, you don't really understand. Here, when it says Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone, the cornerstone is the first block laid down originally. So when you go and you go to a job site, there's a cornerstone placed, and it's an important part, and it's the first piece. Obviously, Christ was the first piece to building the the New Testament church, or the blueprint for the New Testament church. Obviously, the verses before that was saying how we were brought in, and there was old ways of doing stuff. And now when Jesus comes, there's a new way we all have access to the Spirit. But then even church operation is looked at a little different. It says, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, meaning Jesus was first. So it's not like apostles and prophets and pastors and stuff like they're not, they're not the foundation, but they are laying a foundation of it should always be pointed back to Christ Jesus, as we see here, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. You know, whenever I look at Paul in in the New Testament, after, you know, there were men who were uh, prophets and apostles and different, those giftings after, from what I read, um, the original 12. Some, you know, you can believe the original 12 were the only apostles, but there were Paul did have a, um, obviously he saw the Lord and the Lord met him on the road to Damascus, but he wasn't one of the original. And even Barnabas, you don't really know where Barnabas, I think, comes from. I mean, I could, I'm not some sort of proper theologian, but they always brought you back, no matter who's preaching or teaching or speaking in a small group or whatever, a, a leader of a church or anything, a spiritual leader or any Christian in general, always needs to bring the truth back to the cross, back to Christ. That is what it's meant when someone says that they lay a foundation, when Paul says, I lay a foundation for you, and it's basically Paul's foundation of his life, which is at the foot of the cross. You deny yourself daily. You pick up your cross daily. The That's what creates a good and healthy church. It says, in whom the whole structure, he means from Christ to the leaders of the church, to the saints, whom build the whole structure, being joined together, grows in a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Christianity is not confined to the four walls, your four walls, my four walls. We all, if you do go to church, you go to a church that's in a building. But know this, that it's just a building. The church is all the believers together. Obviously, when we're together, there is a order and an operation that exists within the church, which we do see with elders and deacons 
people who serve in the church and people who go around and share the gospel. But it's something that two things that I was thinking about today. What is church? What's the point of church? And um, there was a time when I wasn't a part of a church. And um, I was once an alien without Christ. I was alone, and I was off in the world, and I was just making emotional decisions and good decisions. But when you give your life to Christ, and Christ is the foundation, the cross is the foundation of your life, and on that you build on what Christ has laid, what has been laid, not only in the original apostles and prophets and Christ himself, but where you go to church, how you get built. When you go to church, uh, I'm going to end with that verse here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all obtain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And no one may be tossed to and fro, speaking in truth, and growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow, that it builds itself up in love. But in verse 12 says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We go to church to get built up to go out into the world into our daily lives and minister to people and to shine for people. We all have to do our part in society. You go to work, you have a family to take care of, you have a house to pay. But in that, there is a deeper purpose for us that is something eternal. We are eternal beings, and in that, um, we have to have... We all we, we have a local vision for our lives, but there's also an internal vision that we cannot even see. You know, there was that uh, a rope. I think um, I forget who shared that. If anybody's ever seen that analogy, where there's about two inches of the rope is painted red, and that represents our time here on Earth. And then you have two hundred feet of rope. And it just seems so significant to that little bit. But that little bit, we have such a short amount of time, as the Lord said, it's like life is but a vapor in the wind, a breath. And it's like, what do we choose to do with our time? As for me and my house, you know, that you always know, see that in everyone's house. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. But what does that mean to you to serve the Lord? For me... It means there are times in my life where the Lord is going to ask me to do things or to go build with people or to stand up for the gospel, or stand up for Christ, to share with people. Obviously, to build my family, to be built together in church. It says in, uh, back to Ephesians 2, it says, In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
when you read that verse, church is not just a thing you go do, but it's it is a building. It's like you're built together, and then God comes in, and, and there's an overflow or an abundance of the Spirit. So many times people feel like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, so really hear what I'm saying, but it is, you know, well, I can just meet God on my own and in the Word. And I'm like, that's true. We need to read the Word, and we need to pray. Two things every Christian should do weekly is pray and read their read their Bible. But we also need to be built together because if you're not around other people, iron sharpens iron. We can't be sharp, all independent and running around on our own and just listening to this and listening to that and then letting that build us up. It is important to be a part of a local church while we can be a part of a church. No church is perfect. My church is definitely not perfect. Um, I have yet to be to a perfect church because there's no such thing. There's going to be opinions and there's going to be people who rub people the wrong way. There's going to be people who insult you, belittle you maybe, or maybe you have a very loving church. It's very family oriented. It's just like a family. But even in that, there's going to be differences because everybody is different. I'm not the same as every other person, but I need people in my life who are not like me to help me grow and to build me. But that visual image of Jesus Christ being the cornerstone and letting people in my life over me continue to lay things in my life and teachings and me seeing them not just teach it but to live it out your pastors if your leaders you have to be living out what you're sharing what you're living you know i'm not perfect by any means but by golly i try to do my best at living out what it is that i believe and what i preach so that being said, I'm just going to end it there. Thank you for listening. Um, share this if you feel led to share. And like always, this is meant to build me up as much as it is if you feel built at all. So thank you.